0: Talk, and I'm your host Fallon Stokes. Today we got a special guest to join us for this uh, episode. We got Tabitha Turner, a Ooh. sports broadcast analyst. We're in the same arena. She's also an engineer, graduated from Georgia Tech, hooped at Tech. Tab's a little bit younger than me, but
1: he will always
0: say, Don't do that. <laughs> a little. But I also want to extend congratulations. You recently got engaged. So Thank congratulations, Ted. Yay. We got a new brother. <laughs> oh, we got a new brother, Gary. Yeah, he's awesome. And I wish you guys nothing but the best. But let's go ahead and get started with these topics today. You ready? Let's do this. Let's right. talk about. <laughs> I know. I know. So we're going to start with Ty Lawson, a former UNC standout. Point guard, played in the NBA for about eight seasons, uh, was drafted, and then was traded eventually to the Denver Nuggets, where he spent about six of those seasons. And for the last two or three years, he's been playing in the Chinese Basketball Association. And recently he was involved in some controversy based on what he posted on social media. He says he was at a nightclub, not a strip club. And actually the video it shows that. Uh, A female was basically giving him a nice lap dance and was really popping on him. And then he made a statement basically saying that Chinese women got cakes on the low. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't like that in China. They don't like you talking about women. Not over there. So it was like very disgraceful. He was on his social media basically saying that people in China were calling him a racist you know, using the terms, calling him a nigger on mm. social media just to retaliate. And he had to just come out and just say, I'm not racist. He said cakes means a nice body, but we know what cakes exactly. mean. Exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> you got a nice, nice booty. That's what that means. Right. But um, yeah, that was just crazy. It was all on social media. And then he gets banned by the Chinese Basketball Association. They're like, we're not re signing you. Don't come Good. back. Good. So, well, yeah. What are your thoughts, Tab? You thought that was a good thing or bad? I, I think it's hilarious. I think
1: it's a good thing. So, so for a couple of reasons. So, let's back up. So, the first statement that he had made, he had said something about reconsidering Asian women. Oh. Like, that's where the racism came in at. Because at first, I was like, why do they keep calling him racist? But if you read the first part of his tweet, he's like, oh, he might have to reconsider. Now, right. the whole thing is, I am laughing at Ty Lawson at this point because number one, why would you film, even if it's in a strip club or in a regular club, why would you film anybody dancing on you? That's just disrespectful as I don't know what, like who says she wanted to be filmed in the first place. And then number two, like you mentioned already, some people don't want us coming over there, disgracing they women
0: like right. they do
1: us over here. So my thing is Learn some damn respect. Excuse me for saying the D word, but right. some respect, dude. Like you don't go over to this country. First of all, learn their practices, their culture. And even if it was over here, why are you videoing anybody dancing on you, whether it's a regular club or a strip club? So my whole thing is, dummy, you got exactly what you heard. <laughs> I, don't care. I mean, yes, they're being racist. Some of those are bots just trolling him on the Internet. And some are really people that are upset. But I do not feel bad for him because this is just stupid. Stop thinking with your little man down there and use your head. While we yeah. always, think, you know, our men always got to think with their parts all the time. I, I think <laughs> it's
0: funny, he got what he deserved. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I think it just realistically made you or put you back into your perspective to understand that we live in a society where we can move and live in different cultures and we have mm-hmm. to adapt to those cultures. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ty Lawson did not. Um, If he was like in his early 20s and had done something like this, I probably would have been like, all right, you know, he made a mistake. He is learning, probably newly rich and living a different lifestyle, but he's in his 30s now. And to put something like that's a good point on social media of a woman giving you a lap dance. You couldn't see her face, but because he used the term Chinese, we assumed she was in Chinese and he was in China during the time. But um, yeah, that wasn't a good move. I mean, mm-hmm. now it's cost him his livelihood. And I get it what you're saying about racism by saying, yeah, I- I'm considering Chinese women. Like, okay, now you're gonna consider them because you think they have cakes. And it goes back into sexism too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just the freedom that people have on social media. Men, you know, we live in a society in this country where people are just open to just talk about yeah. sexuality. And, you know, it's perfectly fine here. But when you go to other countries expressing that it's not appreciated, um, you know, obviously, China, you know, is a country that you don't want to mess with. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm glad Todd Lawson didn't get in more trouble. Uh, sad he lost his livelihood because of something that was very immature. But hey, you live and you learn, right?
1: Exactly. And 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 my whole thing is even over here, we're tired of that stuff too. like stop demoralizing women and treating us like we just good for one thing and only our bodies like th- this is an issue. Like we talk about black and white matters, but there's also women and men matters like we asking for the same thing, like be respectful, like there's a time and a place while you're recording somebody who you don't even know like that and putting it on social media is disrespectful. Like, that's the first thing that he did wrong. And I'm just like, dude, you are no longer in the NBA at this point. So you're trying to basically work your way back. I mean, let's be for real. Anybody playing overseas who's been playing in the NBA, he's probably trying to get noticed so he can get put back in the league. Now ain't nobody going to touch you because you are stupid. Right. Think? And so yeah. I also wanted to read this tweet to you. This thing was hilarious. <laughs> So, Willie Water on Twitter, he goes, on behalf of the Chinese delegation, I apologize for these idiots' comments. Talking about the racist stuff, because he's he's Uh too. He proceeds on to say, don't let them tear down the love and trust that Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker built.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They did, though. You know those Rush Hour movies are classic. Black folks were loving Jackie Chan, and the Chinese people, I know they were loving Chris Tucker, so hey that's a good tweet a good comment yeah you don't <laughs> want to break down those barriers they worked so hard to build with that comment exactly. oh man now,
1: and my question to you is do you think this is partly retribution for the US ban and TikTok
0: Ooh. well the this. president did come out last week and say that he was agreeing to some agreement that's circulating between Oracle and um, I'm forgetting the other company but oh, Walmart and they're working together to purchase TikTok. Yeah. So yeah. then the president steps back and is like, well, I like the agreement. I don't think we'll be banning TikTok. But it's a whole controversy. I'm still wondering how he would have banned You know, like TikTok's so prevalent. Like, you just going to shut it down? Like, I mean, granted, the government, right. the president has a lot of control that we don't even know half of it. But at the same time, I'm like, I just thought it was a threat, in my opinion, falling on deaf ears. I don't have TikTok because of the concerns yeah. about being hacked and, you know, China being able to access our information, our photographs, yeah. our videos. And I just think during this time and age, you have to be so smart. This time Losses lost situation, a great example about what you put on social media, because yeah. whether you think it's public or not, even if you're private, someone can screenshot what you did and circulate it so quickly and it can just... Yeah. It can ruin your life if you put the wrong things up there. But TikTok, um, maybe a little bit. You know, China's not happy with us, just like we aren't happy with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that's an ongoing story. That's a good point. I never really even thought about it from those terms. But TikTok has been something that's very controversial. And President Trump has tried to make it very apparent that it's a terroristic threat and we need to watch it. So Anyway. anyway, (laughs) <laughs> Kate, 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 Kate. Oh man, we moving on to some good positive dancing. Even though Ty Lawson said he went at a strip club, he was in the club club, but it was a video that circulated this past week on social media of some ATL Atlanta strippers who came together to make a public service announcement. And boy, did it get the attention of a lot of people, especially men around here uh, that it was basically campaigning and telling people you need to go vote. Voting is important. So the video starts out with different dancers jumping on the pole, doing a nice little move. Um, You know, they're in revealing clothing, but they're not totally exposed. They're in lingerie Mm -hmm. and they're doing these tricks. And then next thing you know, it goes into this voice of what are the strippers by telling them the importance of voting and that they vote. And then the reasons why we should vote. And um, boy, I thought it was an eye catcher. What did you think about that one, Tab? It was definitely an eye catcher. Um, So I, Fallon,
1: I'm very torn on this. So when I first saw it, I was like, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's brilliant because of the base that it's trying to attract. Now, the way that you have to attract this base is what I'm kind of ashamed of. OK, because basically, come on, they're they're pushing this on black men because black men had the lowest voter turnout in the last election. Mm-hmm. And that's Partly why Trump is in the position he's in. And we're trying to avoid that happening again, because, you know, we're going to talk about this, you know, throughout this segment because everything has to do with voting. Okay. But I mean, black men have to come out and vote if we want to get Trump out of there. And we do. They got to show up and vote. And if this is the only way that we can get them to vote. I mean, it's brilliant that they came up with this to, like you said, grab their attention. But I'm a little dejected that this is the way that we have to do it. Everything has to revolve around sex. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. Like, if y'all can't fight for y'all yourselves, like, these are policies that affect y'all. Like, some of the stuff they were saying in the videos, oh, you know who elects the DA? You do. And I thought for a second they were going to come out and be like, Oh, you know who signed your bail or who who arrests you? Like, I thought they were going to say that. And I was going to be like, oh, my God, no. And I'm happy they didn't go there. But I Mm -hmm. almost thought that's what they were about to say. And I'm happy they didn't. But again, if this is the way that we have to attract our men's attention, Mm -hmm. that is a problem. Like, your well-being and your livelihood, the water that you feed yourself and your kids and the food that grows in the ground, this is all regulated by the people you vote for, right? You can't even take the initiative to go vote them in and out of office. Like that's a problem. You got to get strippers dancing on a pole. So yes, the video was brilliant, um, especially in a city like Atlanta. But it's brilliant for this level. I need us to be brilliant on this level. Like, not here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like our strip clubs or our dancers keep getting national attention. A couple months ago, we had Lou Williams, who ended up, or Lemon Pepper Lou, ended up at Magic City when he left the bubble. And we see what happened to the Clippers. Total distraction. And then now, which I think can be a good distraction for a positive campaign, is this stripper ad. But, you know, I agree. Like we said before, sex sells. Sex grabs the attention of viewers. You know, whether like it grabs your attention, whether you liked it or not, you know, good or bad, you're going to pay attention to it. And um, I thought that was important. Very informative, which is a good. They made good points like local elections are the real ones that are very important. And then just transition into the rapper Yellow Pain. he had, I thought, an outstanding rap video where he talked about people voting. And the name of the song is My Vote Don't Count. And people were a little, you know, dejected or thought that he was telling people not to vote based on how the song starts. But he was just talking about his frustration. Like no president, in his opinion, has ever thought about his interests or put him in a better position. And I think that's where you have a lot of these voters that are teetering that line. They're in the middle and they're really not really affiliated with any party, but just trying to see where they stand mm-hmm. and educate themselves, hopefully to see how they should vote. Like where do you, where do your interests align? What candidate yeah. do you want to elect? And then you got to hold these candidates um, accountable. You to, accountable. So in his song, I just thought it was dope because he took it back. He had a civics lesson. Like people forget, you know, you got three branches of the government you got the executive, which is the president. He was talking to governor, the mayor and local mm-hmm. cities. Then he said you have the legislature, which is your state or your um, federal legislature that makes the decisions and laws mm-hmm. that either these exe- the people in the executive branches, they just sign the bills. They either agree or mm-hmm. they don't. And if they don't, they can give you know, they can go back to Congress or wherever else on the state level, and they can go over the executive branch to elect or to enforce legislation or enact it. So people have to be aware of that. And in the judicial system, I thought he was brilliant talking about that and using the example of Meek Mill's situation, like how long these individuals have to stay on probation and then minor infractions could violate their probation that can send them right back to prison. And just keep them on this revolving hook that it never, it's never ended story. So how can you improve yourself? And um, just piggybacking, I love the campaign that LeBron James and others are on, really trying to, I, I think uh, Bloomberg as well, paying for fines that people yep. on felony probation have, and that's the only reason they are still on probation, in order for them to be able to vote. Because I think a lot of convicted felons aren't aware that they if they've completed it. their sentence and they're no longer on probation or under a sentence of incarceration, they have the right to vote and that right is restored. So, you know, I just thought it was excellent. Two different videos that can hit on in two separate ways. But I just thought they were so poignant and just getting or stressing the main point. We need to vote.
1: Exactly. And and, you know, I what I will say about both videos, like you said, the second one with yellow paint, it was brilliant because. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, oh my God, I don't feel like watching four more minutes of, you know, another man yeah. or another person telling me that they are dejected to vote. I'm just like, I roll my eyes like, come on, y'all, we got to get out and vote. But then mm-hmm. when he switched it and he was like, wait a minute, you know, this is what I learned. And he, I think it was his sister who broke it down for him with the mm-hmm. article. Um, but he was just like, he sat there and thought about it. And it just came to him like, let me rephrase what we learned And then put this out here because so many people are just feeling like their votes don't matter. Their voices don't matter. And that's what Trump and his cronies and all these people who try to keep black people, black and brown people down and even women, they are depending on that. They're Mm. depending on you to stay dejected, to stay uh, sad about it, to feel hopeless and to not show up. And my whole thing is, even if you do feel that way what's another 10, 15 minutes out of your day? Like, just try it and let's see what happens. I right. mean, the point of sitting at home and saying, well, I'm just not going to do anything. That's not helping anybody. You know, take 15 to 30 minutes out of your day on November 3rd and on every election day and go vote. And I thought that he took it back, yellow pain that is, in the video, he took it back to a civics lesson that most of us learned when we were 11, 12, 13 years old. You don't even know what those terms mean at that age. And I don't. Think that's by accident that they teach us that so early, when they know we're right. just memorize it for a test and then forget it. That's not by any accident. They don't want you to be informed. They want you to stay on this level, so they control everything up here, and you don't have a say in it. And it's it worked. It's working. Right. They're keeping certain people down here, and the rest of us are like, no, come on, let's go. Like this is how this changes. This is how you get out of that cycle that we are constantly being put back in and I, you know, we're two educated people. We went to Georgia tech. I mean, we, you're an attorney. I'm an engineer. We're both broadcasters. We're both well-spoken. We're both smart and educated. So I I get it that someone who doesn't come from our background, um, isn't going to think exactly the same, but how many times can we see black people getting shot down in the streets for nothing killed for nothing, Before you say, okay, let's try something new. And that Mm -hmm. thing is, okay, you do nothing, nothing changes. It only gets worse. Let's try this voting route. And I like now that so many people of color, even if it's a stripper video, are coming up with different creative ways to reach out to our community. I just want to build off of that and not only depend on stripper videos, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But I do like the creativity behind them.
0: I know. Yeah. And it's coming full throttle. You know, of course, you got the NBA who is campaigning. They have the infomercials or the PSAs like in between quarters or games just talking about civic engagement to really just keep people engaged and involved and inform them, which I think is awesome. And the the main thing is voting. So we know this is an important election and we just got to stay informed and stay abreast to everything that's going on and be prepared. Read. We got plenty of time. And I know in Georgia that I believe October fifth is the last day you can register to vote for the November third election. So I know I have cousins that I don't think are registered that I'm going to help get registered so they can vote. This is an important one, so we got to pay it forward and pay attention. So Girl, even one. the
1: local ones, though. Remember when Atlanta had that runoff election, and a lot yeah. of went to the main one and
0: didn't go to the runoff, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's Not what even- happened to several people. Um, I would say that happened. Well, current DA Fonnie Willis, who just won, when she ran for judge two years ago, that happened to her. Uh, She was close to having over 50% of the vote. And then there was a runoff during a Republican um, election or when they had a Republican primary. So people, a lot of Republicans were going to vote, not people who were, she's Democrat, voting for her. And she lost. And it was based on name recognition because of who she was opposed to. And he just happened to have, I would say, a Caucasian name. People went to the ballots and I think just selected him yeah. rather than selecting her. So, hey, you're right. It happens. Um, and we talk about this, but we got to stay informed and we got to vote. So, yeah, I'll vote. Uh, but transitioning, you know, since you were just talking about, we're talking about the importance of voting. Uh, I'm a piggyback on the whole Breonna Taylor grand jury uh, announcement this past Wednesday in Louisville, Kentucky. Um So just to give some uh, feedback, you know, everybody in this country, probably the world, has heard the story about Breonna Taylor. If you haven't, you're under a rock. Um, She was basically murdered by Louisville police officers after they were executing a no-knock search warrant at her residence. And during the process, she was in her apartment with her boyfriend. They were awakened to banging on the door and her boyfriend thought it may have been an intruder. He was licensed to carry Kenneth Walker, and once he saw that police or individuals had entered, he didn't know it was police at the time, he shot towards the floor as a warning shot, Mm -hmm. and allegedly that bullet hit Detective Manningly, who was one of the officers in the apartment. Um, Manningly, he shot six times. Um, The other officer, Detective Cosgrove, he shot a total of 16 times, Mm -hmm. And it was we were informed uh, as of Wednesday by the attorney general, Daniel Cameron, that one of the bullets that Cosgrove shot was the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor. Another officer, Brett Hankinson or Hankinson, he was outside and he was shooting blindly into Mm -hmm. a slide door on the balcony that had blinds down. So he had no visual. Uh, We really don't know because information has not been given to us about when he heard shots and when he actually fired. Because I think that could be an issue as to why he wasn't charged uh, in just killing or like some type of aggravated assault against Breonna Taylor because his acts were just so negligent. Um, But he was basically just charged for shooting. They charged him with wanton uh, endangerment in the first degree. And it carries a sentencing range of one to five years. He was sentenced, well, he was charged with three counts. So it was a true bill on three counts against him. And basically those three counts, um, he was shooting in drywall. So it's the three counts for Breonna Taylor's neighbors, who I've heard were all white, a white male, female and a child. So just give me your thoughts about when you heard Daniel Cameron talk about this or just trying to explain to us what happened and, um, you know, basically what took place in that situation. I just think um, it's just it's just crazy that the other two officers were not charged and you got Daniel Cameron saying that Cosgrove and Manley were justified. Um, justification for officers and self-defense. I understand, you know, the circumstances being an attorney behind that. But uh, just tell me your thoughts and your emotions once you heard that from Daniel Cameron saying that those officers were justified.
1: Well, I mean, that was that was a stunt. Uh, Like, obviously, that was a stunt. He was trying to get ahead of everything. He know he had been spotted at a Trump rally before that. And Why you would even do that? if You know, you're on this case that is literally down racial lines. And our Republican and Democratic parties at this point are literally being split down racial lines. If you wanted to seem like you were in the middle and not taking sides, there's no way he would have showed up at that Trump rally. There's Mm -hmm. no way he would have done that. But he was trying to get ahead of this, which is why he did that whole press release or stunt and told us nothing, left out every detail that could possibly be important in this case. And my whole thing is, we kind of knew that they were going to be on some bull, didn't we? Like mm-hmm. when they shut the city down and gave a curfew the night before, like we knew they were about to be on some bull and, and how you can have someone. So my thing is this, everybody is fighting for their amendment, right? To carry guns, right? To build yeah. and carry guns. Second amendment. People, second amendment. Most people have weapons in their homes, If you show up in somebody's house in the middle of the night and burst or bust in the door with a battery ram or a Mm battering ram, everybody who has a gun is going to reach for that gun and fire back. One, you're you're not in the right state of mind. And then number two, you automatically think it's somebody trying to rob your house. They might kill you. Of course, you're going to shoot back. Anybody. Would shoot back, especially if you have a loved one in the room with you or you have kids to protect. So, right. my whole thing is they're acting like when the boyfriend Ed Walker, right? His yeah, Walker, Ken-
0: Kenneth Walker,
1: Kenneth Walker. They were about to try to lock him up for attempted murder until this case got a lot of attention. They probably mm-hmm. would have still locked it, had him locked up if it mm-hmm. wasn't for everybody. Putting so much attention on this case—that's how corrupt this is. And the cop that he shot was shot once in the thigh. Mm -hmm. Why did Breonna Taylor end up with five or six shots in her body? Mm -hmm. That makes Mm -hmm. no sense. And then you talked about Hankinson. That's against department policy. You have to have a clear line of sight when you're shooting. He's shooting through windows and a sliding door that are that have blinds in them, like you said. So that's one thing right there. So he, I mean, you just said Cosgrove. Did they determine that Cosgrove's bullet was the
0: one that killed Breonna Taylor? Well, according to Daniel Cameron, he announced that the FBI investigated the ballistic reports, which we thought were going to be a huge issue. But they concluded that one of his shots was the shot that killed Breonna Taylor. Yes.
1: And so and so, my thing is, if you're not going to hold the officers accountable, I get that there was a search warrant that was given for this, Right. So mm-hmm. my question is, why is it that whoever executed or applied for that search warrant, they need to be held accountable? Because they got the information wrong. Right. So Hankinson, number one, he should have been, his, his charge should have been more than wanton endangerment. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, those are the shots that missed Breonna Taylor. So you mean to tell me a wall is worth more than her life? That's what they're telling us, is that this object is worth more than her life. And she was an emergency worker in the middle of a pandemic. So she literally saving y'all butts and she got killed trying to get some sleep in her own home because of a search warrant. That was faulty, All right? And evidently they already had the suspect in custody. And then what also pisses me off is that they gave Mattingly, the officer shot in the thigh medical attention and left Brianna Taylor there for 20 minutes on her own, and she struggled for five minutes to even breathe. And then before that, to add to it, they had an ambulance on site an hour before, and they told the ambulance to leave. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. supposed to have that ambulance there. That is standard practice. And they told the ambulance to leave. They murdered her. They murdered her. They did not care for these Black people's lives. They didn't care who they were going in there to get, as long as it was a a nigga who they Mm -hmm. killed. Mm. Had a license to kill this was murder. There are details still missing that Cameron's not gonna release because he knows it's faulty. And he gave the jury the evidence he wanted to give them. Mm. He is not black, he is not part of the black community. When he <laughs> said the whole, oh, um, when they asked him about the the support from the police department for Black Lives Matter, his response was like, Oh, I am black and I speak for the police department.
0: Yeah, he did. Well, he, he, tried that. he tried it. He tried it. He tried. We know you are not a part of us, sir. Goodbye. Yeah, I think we traded him just like I remember Dave Chappelle used to have that draft when he was trading people. <laughs> we ready to trade Daniel Cameron just with his actions last week. But you're right. I mean, it's so much stuff that we need to know. This case got so much attention. And that's why you have the governor, Governor Bashir uh in um Kentucky, who called out Daniel Cameron, three hours after he did this press conference, mm-hmm. saying, You need to put this evidence on the website, the evidence that was presented to the grand jury. And I was reading an article and it brought a good point. You know, usually when you put forth individuals to see before a grand jury to see if they're going to get indicted, you either get a true bill or you get a no bill, but you get something back. Mm-hmm. We heard nothing about a no bill for those other two officers. So that leads me to believe that that evidence wasn't even presented to the grand jury. It was more so Daniel Cameron after this investigation, making that decision and saying these officers were justified. Well, I mean, I hope we have that same accountability when my clients get indicted for cases. No, (laughs) because (laughs) like it said, prosecution offices or DA offices, they will indict a ham sandwich. That old adage is very true. It's minimal that you need to get an indictment. And it's a closed secret um, proceeding that usually is just the DA's office or, you know, subordinates that are in there and the witnesses to tell what happened. But, you know, you're always usually going to get a one sided story. You hope you get both sides. But as a defendant or the one probably up to be charged, my attorney, nor am I there to talk about my defense. So how did we get so where this justification goes in? You were right. Kenneth Walker, he was arrested. Mm-hmm. They charged him with attempted murder of a police officer. And his attorney even said the so-called ballistic reports that they're saying his bullet was the one that hit Manningly in the thigh. They were like, he said the results he received came back inconclusive. They couldn't wow. tell what bullet hit Manningly. So it's like for the public to feel maybe a little bit better, we need okay. to see what was presented to this mm-hmm. grand jury. We, I mean, think about her family. And then I'm sick of this where people are saying, where her mom, Miss Palmer, took a settlement a week before. So that affected the whole prosecution of her death, the criminal aspect. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. doesn't. I'm like, at the end of the day, money can never equate to a life. But at the same time, we knew that 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 family was going to get some sort of money. And it doesn't matter the amount. But it was a wrong. And I think that shows even more. If I was a defense attorney, defending somebody, the person who shot Rihanna Taylor, if they were charged, I wouldn't want that coming in at a criminal proceeding because it looks like that my client is probably guilty or he may have done something wrong. So I'm going to try and get that excluded prior to trial. But it's just like, I think people are just making judgment calls and in our community, especially the black community, we are so quick to judge our own. Yeah. And, you know, just to put down our own. And at the end of the day, we can't worry about what her family received in a monetary amount. It's not like they're not deserving of something. Right. Exactly. exactly. But the justice for Breonna Taylor, if it's not going to come in the form of charges, it's still a federal investigation pending to see that's if her constitutional is. rights were violated. So the FBI is still investigating. And that's one yeah. of the reasons Daniel Cameron said he's not releasing the evidence because of the ongoing prosecution of Hankison, and then also the federal investigation. He used what, that as an excuse.
1: And what did but, he also say about he won't release the makeup of the jury? Like oh, why? grand no, jurors. That's not, yeah. you're not putting anyone directly in danger. What you're doing is try to cover your own butt, because you know this wasn't a jury of her peers. Because yeah. otherwise, if it was, he would have said, oh, it was 50-50, white, black, maybe Latino, whatever. But right. he didn't. And the reason why he didn't is because it was probably most likely made right. who are not her peers, not black, not female or definitely mm. not both. And he's right. not to release that. You're hiding something, Cameron. Yeah. And it, it is I mean, I I don't care who you date or who you marry. But mm-hmm. can we just be honest about <laughs> where right. he stands and what he's trying to be? He's trying to be more white. He's that brother That made it. And because they convinced him to hate himself, he went and tried to do everything. Why he married a white woman. He's in the Republican party. He's all blue lives, this, and covering for the police. Bro, you are trying to fit in with them. But brother, let me tell you something. As soon as they're done with you, they will discard you just like the rest of the black people. So you need to be fighting with us instead of against us, trying to get your little... You know, yourself in there to make sure you're that token black guy. No, bro, you're not the token black guy. They're using. Yeah. You.
0: yeah. And I, I just to add a little bit more, um, he was definitely seen or he spoke at the RNC this past, uh, that happened about a month ago. Um, he is Republican and he's going against a Democratic mayor in Louisville who, you know, was an advocate for getting the settlement done and also was an advocate for signing uh, Brianna's Law, which Ends no knock warrants in the uh, city of Louisville. And it also provides, which is crazy that that didn't happen, that for all search warrants that are executed by officers, they have to turn on body cam five minutes before they enter the home or execute the search warrant.
1: That's not a coincidence that their body cameras just so happen to be off. Like this right. whole, world, I, for the life of me, I cannot understand just from an empathy point of view how anybody can look at this case, grand jury or not. And and I get it, all the facts and the evidence was not released to the jury. But even on a basic level, how you cannot hold somebody accountable for this woman's death, she literally did nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing, and they were not even supposed to be there. And then they let go of any kind of support that could have brought her back to life after she was wrongly shot in the first place.
0: Right. I mean, this is murder. Right. Purposeful murder. Yeah. And then another thing about Daniel, Daniel Cameron, he's on Donald Trump's list for possible candidates for Supreme Court justices. So, I mean... It's, it's like you can't really build much more of an agenda. He's one of Mitch McConnell's cronies. Mm-hmm. He was uh, his general counsel, one of his attorneys at some point working with Mitch McConnell. So they have a relationship. We know Mitch McConnell's going to be in a tight race with the candidate running against him for his Senate seat. But um, yeah, it's politics playing into this as well. And it's just sad um, that once again, the system has failed another one of us. And I think that's when you have to push the agenda of how important criminal justice reform is. Exactly, because this is a great example of how the black community continues to suffer in instances like this, and our counterparts don't. So
1: Fallon, Fallon, is it failing us because police were created to capture black people and run away? Yeah. Like that's why they were formed. So is it failing us, or is it doing what it was designed to do?
0: Exactly. Like, It's not. And that's why, you know, when you talk to legal minds, they're going to say the justice system did its job. Mm -hmm. It did what it was supposed to do. And that's correct. Based on the laws in Kentucky. Yes. You can easily say these officers were justified when when someone shoots at you. We know that the police Mm -hmm. are going to shoot back. That's that's going to happen. But in this it's she was failed, you know, from the search warrant with stale information that was old and untruthful information at that. Mm -hmm. Like, you're correct. That officer should be charged. And then escalating to these officers which they're going to say, doing their jobs, executing a warrant. They weren't the ones to secure the warrant. Um, And then they get shot at. But they found no drugs, no money. Like you said, they already had the person they were investigating in custody. What was the need for a drug case? It was no exigent circumstances for you to go in that house. So...
1: And, and then, Fallon, you know, Mattingly wrote to the FBI, the mayor, and his other um, police compa- com, you know, uh, yeah. compadres, basically. He said something about, um, and, and don't quote me, it's he's quoted in the article, but basically it was along the lines of, oh, the police are demonized while the criminals are canonized. He did. What criminal are you talking about? Right. Who was the criminal that's mm-hmm. being canonized? So they use all these words, the police are being demonized, the criminals are canonized. She was not a criminal. She did absolutely nothing wrong but saved the lives of people during a pandemic. Yeah. What criminal is he talking about? But that's what they do. They use these little keywords to try and plant things in people's heads so that people don't think for themselves and look at the actual evidence and the situation laid before them. Anybody who does not think this situation is wrong, you are a coward and you're a liar. Let's just yeah. be honest. This is wrong. And right. you, would, you would feel the same way if someone entered your house in the middle of the night and killed your loved one, your wife or your husband, and they weren't even supposed to be there in the
0: first place. Right. <laughs> And that's what this decision is just basically telling us that they can come into our house, houses, our homes and shoot us and not be charged. And then try to flip the
1: boyfriend Mm -hmm. and they tried to drag her through the mud and say she was cheating on her boyfriend with the other dude, the the ex who was actually right. Then they tried to flip her boyfriend. He wouldn't flip like there's so much stuff in this entire case that just says corrupt corruption written all over it. And I really do hope that the FBI comes back and does the right thing in this case. I really do. Cameron, I don't think he'll be reelected in Louisville, but, you know, while, while he's useful, I think the Republicans will use him and have another position waiting for him. Hopefully he's, I don't know what they can do to him. I don't know the law like you do, but I I don't wish any bad on anybody, but I don't wish him any good either because he knows this is wrong. He knows. Yeah.
0: Well, he's connected. And um, like you said, he says he's a black man, made comments about don't let the celebrities, the activists, outside people tell us what we need yep. to do with Kentucky. And it's just like you still don't get it. Clearly, it's this community's hurting. We see too too many of us being killed by police due to police brutality. And we've seen it over this pandemic where we were forced to stand still, but this can't continue. So we have to continue to push the envelope. And it's just another great example of how important this election is and how we need to vote.
1: I mean, you saw the video of the lady, the the Caucasian lady at the football game and Mm -hmm. the black resource officer, he tased her because she wouldn't wear a mask and she wouldn't leave. He asked everybody was required to wear a mask. She wouldn't leave. And so he tased her rightfully so because mm-hmm. she was starting to get a little belligerent and my whole thing is you hear the comments from the people talking about over a mask really black people have died for less
0: for less this
1: woman cover your mouth lady nobody wants your germs like comply with the rules it's a pandemic going on even if it's out in fresh air and my whole thing is okay leave if you don't want to wear a mask leave but the entitlement of some of these people Like if that was a black woman at her son's game or a black man, they could have possibly lost their life for something that small. This lady Mm -hmm. got to live and then she tried to play victim at the end and get everybody on her team and be like, look what he's doing. Yes. Look what he's doing. He's escorting your silly butt out because you want to be nasty and not apply by the rules. Right. Why people lose their life over that kind of stuff. It's just, it's nuts to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. Um, but we just got to continue to try and push forward and, you know, change the agenda and change the way of thinking and, and keep protesting. But we need some strategizing. We don't need any more violence, I think. You know, that's it's enough of that. Uh, we can't go around shooting police officers like what happened on Wednesday in Louisville. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree. But but, but I see the upset? unrest. Yeah, I know. It's the unrest <laughs> and yeah. we're upset. And things happen. People are going to react. So i right mean, about that. If in your head, you're going to die anyways.
1: What do you have to lose? I mean, I'm not saying I would do that, but I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of someone who's defending themselves, who says, okay, well, if the cop is going to kill me anyway, I might as well take some of them with me. Right. I can, I can understand that way of thinking. That's not necessarily my way of thought. But anybody right. who says my life is going to be over probably in the next 30 seconds if I don't react. What do you mm-hmm. want to do? I mean, I don't I don't agree with shooting at the police, but I also don't agree that the police should be murdering unarmed black people, especially ones that are just in their home sleep. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with that either. So what, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. Well, moving on to. Another topic, probably our last one today, but we're going to talk about Maya Moore, and it was some news that surfaced about a week ago. She was on Good Morning America uh, with Jonathan Irons, the man that she left the game of basketball, left the WNBA in her prime to advocate for, to try and get his conviction vacated, which she was successful and his legal team was successful at doing to where eventually he was released. The prosecutor in that uh, district or that county decided that they did not have enough evidence to proceed to try and try his case again. And he was released from prison. He was sentenced to 50 years at the age of 16 for, I think assault and burglary with a gun and uh, served 23 years of it Mm. to where he was finally given freedom. But, What we didn't know, and and we talked about this on episode two of Talk That Talk. You know, we're talking about the activism, the fortitude for Maya Moore to stay the course and get this man free. And then we find out, yo, they got (laughs) married two months ago. That's our husband. That's our man. I was like, huh? So it kind of shocked me. I I mean, I'll be honest. I'm going to give my honest opinion is that when I did this story, I was like, oh, that activism. Go Maya, that's awesome. And then when I saw this cuz I was always wondering I was like that's a huge sacrifice. I mean she's a WNBA champion, an all-star, an MVP, and she was in her prime and you just give that up for this cause. But then I'm like, oh now I see why she gave up all of that for this cause. <laughs> and I judged it in the beginning. I was like, hey, yeah, yeah. But then I had to take a step back and I was reading this article that was done uh by ESPN and it was, you know, excellent to say like We all had some of the similar ideas of views when we first heard this, quick to judge. And then when you take a step back, does it really take away from her activism? And I think it's no. She still did a great thing to get a man who was wrongfully convicted, get his sentence vacated, no matter what the reasoning behind it. She still did good for the criminal justice movement and just helping this man. So what did you think? And tell me a little bit about your feelings when you heard that news last week. (laughs)
1: I mean, I was like you and everybody else. I was like, "Huh? Like she married him? It just came out of no. It was so left field." But when you think about it, yes, it does make sense. Now, I, I do think it's still possible to go this hard for somebody who you don't end up marrying, right? But um, I, I think there was a bit of obsession and love in this mm. movie because her godfather was the initial person who introduced her to the case when she was graduating high school in 2007. So she became, I mean, this is 13 years ago. And I mean, when she started fighting, it was 2018. So it was about 10 to 11 years. So she had spent a decade of her life kind of, I don't want to say obsessing over this case, but being very interested in it. And I just think that, the obsession came in because she was so young and it's possible to fall in love with somebody behind bars. You start spending time with them. You Mm -hmm. start feeling empathetic towards their cause. You start wanting to help them, your feelings grow. So, I mean, in short, no, I doesn't, I don't think it takes away from her activism because she did get a man sentence overturned. I mean, honestly, you can't get back 23 years of your life.
0: Right. Right.
1: And that, and that sucks. So I'm happy that he's out um, but she also called attention to a lot of criminal justice reforms and now her and her husband are doing the voter initiative. So there's good coming out of this, and I think that that's where people need to focus most of their energy at is the good that she accomplished. It's none of our business to begin with, honestly. Right. I mean, right. it doesn't take away from anything. She didn't submit any false evidence. So yes, I, I was one of the people who in my head I was like, I wish she would have waited a little bit mm-hmm. longer. Um, I mean, they, a, That's friend, a
0: long time, <laughs> it's thirteen years that he they were <laughs> knowing each other. And <laughs> if you you're right, if those feelings were blossoming and all this stuff, they're not waiting. As soon as he gets out, we get yeah, married. We gonna do this right. Um, but I do love what he said. You know, he was on Good Morning America. He said, um, you know, Maya was basically telling him that she loved him and she wanted to be with him and she was gonna wait on him, and wow. he was like. He didn't want her to do that because he didn't know, you know, when you're in prison, you set your mind to think like, this is my release date. You look at the max date and that's what you look forward to. You don't keep it or just, you know, build yourself up to think that you're going to get out any sooner or give yourself false hope, which he wasn't trying to do. But he didn't want to stop her living her life. But then when she said or expressed her feelings, he was like, would you marry me? And she said, yes. So he knew. I mean, but. I was like I even though it was secret I think that was the biggest surprise because yeah. Maya's from the A she played high school ball here at Collins Hill she also played AAU here with the Georgia Metros so she's kind of like little sister who made it and became the superstar her own signature shoe with the, with the Jordan brand you don't have females doing that since in, S- Cheryl Swoops back in the day right so um I think We as a community, or at least a women's basketball community, protective of Maya. And when you see this, you just think the worst. But this is not a bad thing. It's actually a fantastic thing. She found love, and she saved a man's life. And that's what's important. Like you said, it's making her focus on other initiatives to keep that focus. I'm just a little down that we may not see. I don't know. I wonder if we'll ever see her play again. And
1: that's the thing is is that I think that's what bothers us just a little bit about this. Like I, I think it's a great love story. Um, and I think it happened. I think God made this happen. I, I just I do want to see her come back though, because she left in her prime. I mean, they had just right. won the championship. She was at her prime, and I think she can still do it. But you know, we were talking about this the other day. What about children? Like yeah. that does, that works on a woman's body. Like your body is not the same. And you brought up Candace Parker and how she wasn't yeah. the same for a few years. Yeah, and she had to get that back rhythm back.
0: back. Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: like it's hard on a woman's body and men will never understand this. And all you can do is appreciate it. And I think of course he would. I mean, this man, he obviously sees that this woman loves him and is in love with him. And that's ultimately what you want to see. Right. I mm-hmm. just, just kind of encourage her to get back in the game because I mean, I think this was a good year to take off, even though she started years ago. This was a good year to miss because not everybody's playing. So I really hope that she does come back and she plays at a high level. And I just I want them to be happy and everybody else to shut up, you know, other than (laughs) podcasting and talking about the good in it. Everybody be quiet. It ain't none of our business. And a lot of us have made worse decisions. So we can't. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We have. We have. So congratulations to Maya Moore and Jonathan Irons married and I hope they stay happy and keep advocating. So this is a great episode tab. I'm yeah. glad you were able to join. We had a great discussion on some great topics um again i want to appreciate you joining the show you know we'd love to have you anytime you want to come on here and talk that talk so just come <laughs> on down <laughs> you know i got a lot of uh, ish to talk so i'll be oh, on i know one. i know you got your miami e-shirt over there like they about to do something They they lost last night tabby <laughs> all right y'all lost with a hey,
1: it was 3-1 for everybody now it's 3-2 so y'all gotta play tonight Let's just
0: see a big Denver. game for us tonight. You know, 3-1 is when Denver starts to turn up. But I think we got this in the bag. We got this in the bag. I well, guess- you no
1: know what it's eventually going to be us two meeting up in the finals anyway. So let's bring
0: it. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to hate on that. I'm not going to hate on that. I really thought the Celtics were going to make it. So I was hoping the Lakers-Celtics, the 10-year anniversary of Kobe, when he played and beat the Celtics. I wanted that. But we'll okay. beat y'all too. That's all right. It don't matter. <laughs> we'll beat y'all too. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, Tab, thanks for joining me and I'll see you soon, girl. Bye, Sally, thanks for having me on. All right, bye. Well, I wanna go ahead and give my black business shout out. We are gonna continue the trend. And this week, the black business I'm shouting out is Beauty and a Beast Hair Studio. This is a hair studio partnered and ran by Master Barber, Easy the Barber, and natural hairstylist, Josephine Baker. What a creative name. Both of them are on IG. They have a private hair salon studio where they're servicing uh, the Atlanta Metro community, creating great styles, natural hairstyles with a fresh cut are also doing braids and natural, natural hairstyles in a private studio. So right now with COVID-19 going on, I know people may feel a little anxious about going to the salon, but this studio has a private space where they give you individual attention. So Y'all need to check them out. If you want to go and follow and see the work they're doing in the city, you can go to their IG handle, which is BAND B HAIR Studio. That's B A N D B H A I R Studio. That's on IG. And their website is simply BANDBHAIRStudio.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'll have it on the screen. But if you're listening on our uh, platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify and now Amazon Music, just go ahead and check them out. Go on their Instagram handle. And that's the Black Biz this shout out for the week. But again, this was a great episode. We had Tabitha Turner join us uh, for this episode, episode 13. We had some great topics, a great discussion, but continue to listen. Subscribe It's free and we'll see you next week.